You're listening to the Seaworthy Podcast, Episode 12, Design Leadership and Team Communication. Seaworthy is a podcast about building successful software. Today we're talking about meeting business goals through design, scaling a design team, and focusing on the human side of leadership. I'm excited to have Helen Tran on the show with me today. Helen is a product designer and currently a design lead at Shopify, a company making e-commerce better for everyone. Welcome to the show, Helen. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I'm doing good. Staying, Trying to stay warm here in Wisconsin. Are you going to complain to the cold, to the, about the cold to a Canadian? Is this what's no. happening? No. No, I imagine <laughs> it's similar up there now. Yeah, We're not that it's... far apart. Um. Actually, I didn't find it so bad. We've had a pretty mild winter, so I'm yeah. pretty, pretty happy about that. Yeah. yeah, that's good. How long have you been up there? Uh, my whole life. Your whole life. Okay. I'm never leaving Canada. Have you heard? It's like paradise. <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to look like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good up here. I just want to say there's like poutine and peace. It's great. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> um. So, yeah, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and how you got started in design? Yeah, sure. Um, I am a design lead at Shopify, as you said. Um, I started making websites really young when I was 13, and I just, I guess I never really stopped. Um, so I fell in love with design, uh, I guess, what, during the early stages of the internet, when websites were black backgrounds with you know blue flames on them and that was what you could do and it was super cool or like marquee scrolling across left and right um so i did that and uh like was really into winamp skins and making um really nerdy forum signatures and stuff like that um and then as i got older uh these courses weren't really offered um you know the courses that you have now weren't in existence mm-hmm. um, back then. So after high school, I decided to go into formal graphic design um, because I knew I had the skill set, but I didn't really know, like I didn't really know how to apply it. So the closest thing was uh, formal graphic design. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went through a program there, and uh, so I guess you could say I'm formally trained. And then past that, thankfully, the internet caught up with the rest, or the rest of the world caught up with the internet, um, actually, and. I managed to find a branding job at an agency and then spent three years pushing that agency to get more into digital work. Um, and we ended up making that move. Um, and it was really, really great. And uh, on the side, I opened my own business and I did all this stuff and then worked for a documentary filmmaker for a bit, uh, moved mm-hmm. to a startup, um, and then eventually found this agency, a design agency in Toronto called Jet Cooper. And Jet Cooper worked on products, uh, product mostly, um, uh, consulted a bunch of startups on their design and their mm-hmm. product design, as well as did a lot of client work for some really big clients in Canada. Um, and then eventually we were acquired by Shopify, and that was three and a half years ago. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that you were acquired by Shopify. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it was a crazy experience. Like, I don't... I never imagined that that would have ever happened to me. And at the time, acquisitions in Toronto were pretty, I wouldn't say rare, um, but tech mm-hmm. in Toronto was still kind of a blossoming uh, area. Um, so to hear that we were acquired was very new. And uh, and then, you know, the rest of the three years, I think there's been um, more people looking towards Canada for talent and acquiring agencies out of here. Um, but yeah. It's been yeah. interesting. Yeah, that is an interesting path. So so you went did you happen to do any MySpaces back in the day when you were doing glitz and glam and marquee scrolling <laughs> and all of that stuff? I actually did. Don't look me up. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> use my name. <laughs> but yeah, I'm embarrassed by my MySpace ness. Um I said but I think I was more huge into at the time Asian Avenue was really big. Mm. Um for me and my also non Asian friends. <laughs> um so Asian Avenue was big, and I think I was playing Neopets far longer than I probably should have. Um, yeah, so I think actually Asian Avenue, it's pretty embarrassing, was probably was probably where I learned the majority of my CS, inline CSS stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then I, I bought my own domain um, at 15 or 16 and then yeah went out from went from there yeah yeah that's fun <laughs> so yeah. now you've been at you've been at Shopify for three and a half years did you say Yes, that's correct. So when you started, you got you got acquired, um, and you had started at Shopify. Um, were you? I mean, what? Uh, I guess what level did you enter? You know, you, right now you're a design lead. Um, how did you get started at Shopify as a designer? Uh, yeah, I was probably midweight um, at that time. Midweight, probably like leaning towards senior. Mm-hmm. Um, I had had like three. No, that was like five years under my belt at that time. Um, and I had gotten to the point in the agency where I was actually leading a lot of the projects. And uh, Jet Cooper, I actually led like a huge redesign of Sobeys.com. Sobeys is one of the biggest grocery chains in Toronto. Mm. Um, so I led that project there. So uh, I think I think it was, I was, yeah, I was weighted to be a little bit more senior, but I was intermediate, I believe. Cool. Yeah, and then now you've advanced to design lead. What's what's um I guess what's the makeup of your design team at Shopify? Um, in terms of impact level. Yeah, impact level. Um, you know, do you have a lot of? Do you do any? I guess have any junior designers or any type of apprentice type stuff, or are you more, um, you know, towards the the senior design lead end? Yeah, um, that's a really good question because I think uh, growth and scaling has a lot to do with where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, I'm the product design team in Shopify Toronto. I want to be specific. It's Shopify Toronto, and it's the product design team because we have other design teams uh, across the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's three design leads and 15 designers underneath us. And uh, there's a few seniors now, um, but the rest of them are, I'd say, intermediate to senior. Um there's a couple of midweights, like pure midweights in there. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this was um, when you're scaling a design team from scratch, it's a very bad time to add on a junior, yeah. especially at this growth rate. Um, we're doubling in employees every year. So uh, like even if I was to think about my design team now, just last year, we had less than half. We had probably a third like five designers and now we have 15 um so it's it's not uh it's not the wisest decision to take on a junior um but at this point now we're finally getting to a point where i feel like our team is stabilized enough and one of my goals this year is to well i've already formed it but structure out the intern program in toronto um and so i'm going to be heavily focused on building our junior team and making a stronger uh, pipeline, I guess, but also setting our team up for future success. You obviously can't scale a team properly with just seniors. It, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just kind of silly, and also it doesn't give your seniors much uh, room to practice their mentorship skills. Um, so that's going to be happening over the next six months, I'd say, but I'll be writing yeah. about that too. <laughs> so that's maybe exciting. I'll be able to read about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're definitely we're kind of at that point here as well where we're we're building out you know apprenticeship, getting ready to um, do that. We already have a program for developers, but you know look, working on that for designers now, which is is cool to you know think about. Uh, I know Dan Mall spoke a lot about it, and Anthony yeah. Armendariz at fin, uh, at Fun Size, you know, just speaking about bringing people up and teaching them how to be a professional, and even if they don't stay here, um, you know, we're we're an agency as well, so um, you know working on that and. Uh, I think it's always fun bringing people up, teaching what you know. And, you know, as you probably learn, you you learn a lot faster when you're teaching someone else as well and kind of fill in the gaps. And, um, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, so, it's also – sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's also super, super rewarding. Um, so I – part-time, I think, for the past two years, I had been mentoring people from, I guess, uh, no design experience to junior level and, mm-hmm. um, like, on a one-to-one basis. And I think that has probably professionally been the most rewarding uh, period of my life, just because I've I've had to I've forced myself to go back into my foundations, and kind of connect the dots. Like, what is this thing that I know and do every day? Uh, where does it come from? Why? What does it mean to to someone else to explain it to them and to get them to grasp to grasp what I know? But I've learned through time. Like, how do I get mm-hmm. them to learn that in a second? I think that's um, it's overwhelming, I think, to think about your whole career that way. 
yeah. but it's amazing as well because you start to you start to realize how much you take for granted i think right yeah and exactly how far you've come you know yeah yeah for sure um yeah that's really cool um did you happen to i saw uh dustin sinos put together out of office hours um last month did you happen to see that by chance yeah i did yeah there are a lot of designers i think meg from shopify also volunteered for that there's quite a few designers that are on that from shopify like adam whitcroft yeah as well yeah. yeah, I was I was able to I, I signed up last month and I was able to speak with almost 20 different designers from all over. I mean, you know, from like Europe to Australia to Canada and just people coming from everything from rocket science to, you know, business. And they're trying to get into design. It's just interesting to see how other people perceive design and, you know, what their goal is for getting into it. It's, it's really yeah, it's inspiring, you know, to see where we're at now and just think someone you know is hoping and wishing they can be where you are someday oh my god that's amazing i wish i had an amazing story like that like i was a rocket scientist like a brilliant rocket scientist yeah. and i chose design um but the truth is i kind of fell into it i still love it yeah. <laughs> but, but i don't have an amazing story i wish i did um but that's super cool yeah yeah i know it was cool um so kind of stepping back a little bit can you uh what do you like to do outside of work, outside of design? And, you know, what, what keeps you busy uh, when you're not at Shopify? Yeah, like uh, I think 50% of my spare time I'm at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a weird hobby, I guess. I'm uh, pretty invested in bodybuilding. Um, That's cool. one of my hobbies. Um, but to support that, I also do yoga and a bunch of conditioning work. Um, so that takes up a lot of my time. I guess I'm a gym brat. And uh, the other times I try to prepare, I guess, for my hikes. So I'm sure you know, but I, I do spend a lot of time outside, or at least I try to. Um, mm. And it, it is a new thing for me. Uh, so for me being active, you know, the bodybuilding stuff or the weightlifting stuff um, came a lot later in my life. And I think that's pretty obvious. Like I was a computer nerd um, for a very long time until I hit 24, actually. Um, and I was probably the biggest example of a couch potato potato. I was mm -hmm. totally happy. It was staying on my couch 12 hours a day, uh, being nerdy on my computer or, um, reading. I still do that, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. uh, I've spent, I spend less time on the computer now. Um, but yeah, that's been a new, that's uh, a new thing in my life and it's completely changed my life, um, for the better. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I'm just so much happier for it. But yeah, I spend a lot of the time preparing for my hikes. I just finished the O circuit in Patagonia, which is 120 kilometers. So it's back, uh, back country trail, I guess, or backpacking trip, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Um, and I'm preparing for the next one. It was absolutely phenomenal. I think Patagonia is probably one of the most beautiful landscapes I've ever seen. I've been around, mm. like I've been to the state parks in the US. Um, right. I went to a place, uh, I went to another trail in Sweden, which I'm coming back to this year. But uh, last year I went to the Kungsleden Trail, which is the King's Trail. Mm -hmm. I've been to Australia and Asia and stuff, but yeah, uh, Patagonia is another world. It feels, I liked it even more than Iceland. And I know everybody says that Iceland is unreal, which it is, but Patagonia mm. has something else to it. Um, yeah. I think it's really special. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And you got back from that recently? Uh, I think about the, jeez, I left Patagonia on the 29th of December. So. Okay. Well, what day is it today? <laughs> I mean, it okay, it's 30th. been a month. It's been yeah, a month. it's been a month. Yeah. Time, cool. wow. Okay, I'm getting older. <laughs> and you're planning your next one, you said? Yes, my next one is going to be 440 kilometers. Okay. Sweden. And how many miles is that for us? Uh... <laughs> I think that would be around 350. I'm guessing. Like I feel like it's about seventy-five percent of yeah. kilometers. It's, yeah, it's close. Yeah, so it's around it's like that. It's over three hundred. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be about three weeks of hiking. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, so I used to live in Hawaii, and we did the Nepali Coast hike. We didn't oh, yeah. go. I did that as we, well. We didn't do end to end. We we were only there for a couple of days, so we didn't want to spend the whole time hiking. But uh, I mean that that is gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. Nepali coast is gorgeous, but I find hiking in Hawaii quite stressful 
and not really my thing. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? Uh, you have this, like, um, on Kauai, you have this uh, crazy, slippery red mud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I'm, a, I'm not a neat hiker. Like, I don't know people, like, the people who go hiking and they come back and their pants are clean, they're, they're crazy. I don't know how they do it, but yeah. I'm not that person. I come back completely covered in mud, disgusting, I stink, and I'm always injured somehow <laughs> and um so the N- nepali or hiking in hawaii in general was like basically oh let's just see helen like uh, go take a mud bath like every yeah. day and she'll come back and she'll stink up the car so like uh hawaii wasn't really for me um i think i prefer to be in places like sweden or uh canada or the u.s when i'm hiking <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but the views were good oh yeah, the Nepali coast is, I mean, yeah. everywhere in Hawaii is beautiful, especially Kauai. Uh, Kauai is mm-hmm. like probably, like it's, they filmed Jurassic Park there. So I don't yeah. know, anything that Jurassic Park is in must be beautiful, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, that's cool. So uh, any plans to, uh, sorry, can of get away from design here. Um, any plans to compete in bodybuilding or just kind of the training and methodology behind it? Oh my god, am I going to get into trouble? Uh, so I am planning to compete uh, this year, and I feel like if I give you a date, I'm going to like kick myself in the foot later. So <laughs> pressure. Uh, it's it, it the plans are in motion, and whether or not I go ahead with it, um, I'm going to say tentative because I don't want some guy on the internet poking at me and be like, "But you said you yeah. were going to compete, and then you didn't compete." Yeah. Okay. So. Let's just say it's on the top of my mind and I'm working towards it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, good luck in the training. I know what goes into that. So. Yeah, it's nuts. It like takes over your life. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Um, so, so getting back into design. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that for a bit. <laughs> yeah. So, so you joined Shopify three and a half years ago about. Um, so what? What do you think is the biggest difference between when you joined and now? Oh, Jesus. Um, to be honest, I'm in a different company. Uh, I joined, we were 220 employees. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what uh, the PR team has told the rest of the world, but I think the last number is 1,800 oh, wow. um, now. Uh, but I believe it must be a little bit more than that. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm updated there. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a different company. So the way you communicate is different. Who you're communicating with is different. How the teams are made up. Like every single thing is touched by scale or Mm. growth. And uh, I feel like at the beginning of the new year, I just kind of have to have this like conversation with myself where I'm freaking out in a dark room. And I'm like, no, it's okay. You got a new job. For some reason, all the people from your old job moved to your new job, yeah. but it's, it's a different job now. And then uh, that keeps happening every year. And I think this that this year hit me particularly hard. Um, uh, and I found that to be especially true when we went, we just finished having our summit. So our summit is our yearly event for all of our employees. We all go to headquarters and uh the CEO and our executives kind of give like um, a series of talks that talks about the themes for the year. And then we do some product talks that talk about what we want to target for the next year and kind of rallies our entire company together over one vision. So that happened and we had rented out the, I think the biggest venue in Ottawa um, and filled it to the brim. And uh, when I looked into the crowd, it used to be that when I looked into the crowd, I knew like 90% of the people there. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'll look in one direction and there'll be maybe be a hundred people in front of me and I'll know like 10, hmm. 20. Um, so it, it's definitely weird. It, it's one thing to be in a company where everybody knows your name and it's another thing to be like, it's actually normal for you not to know people's name. And it's actually normal for you to not even bother introducing yourself because, <laughs> okay of like the amount of people we have this joke now where people there's so many people being hired every day that we walk around the office and you know as a shopify employee when you start new you're like oh my god i want to know everybody's name and then like a few months later you're like fuck it 
I can only carry <laughs> like 250 names in the top of my head. I can't learn all these people's names and possibly understand, you know, what relevance they have to me. So, right. yeah, that's that's where <clears throat> we are. Yeah, that's <laughs> I can imagine uh, at scale with that many people. I mean. Even even with something like your summit, making sure people share the same values and vision and are on the same page, I can imagine, is one of the biggest struggles of, you know, making progress together and then also just making sure that people are happy there, right? Do they feel like they're doing fulfilling work based on, you know, the vision and, and all that stuff? Um, how do you, you know, how do you feel design kind of ties into the company um, from that standpoint? Yeah, um, hmm. I think we have we hire for a very specific type of personality, um, and it's funny that you speak about vision and like making sure everybody has the same values because I actually don't think that Shopify necessarily hires for the same uh, frame of thought. So we have we have a lot of dissenters in our company, mm -hmm. <laughs> which which I think is very awesome, and at any given time, you know, even if your opinion is unpopular. You can kind of field it out to the rest of the company and see what they think about it. Right. Um, um, so we kind of encourage that type of thinking, and I think that's very unusual. Um, and I myself or anybody actually can message the CEO at any time. And um, we've had some really tough conversations directly with our CEO, and he's been uh, graceful enough to kind of accept our feedback. Um, even if he doesn't particularly like it, and it turns mm -hmm. into like massive slack fights uh, between, you know, executives and employees and it's it's kind of nice to be in that type of an environment um, but in terms of design because we've kind of hired for these people that care and are very passionate and you know probably care a little bit too much <laughs> for their own sake mm -hmm. um, I I think design is at the top of everybody's mind and we don't I don't particularly feel like it's ever really left behind um, and we do a lot of considerable work on the management team to ensure that we're always um, we're always in the strategic conversations around the product, and they're always like tightly aligned with engineering and our product management team. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, it can get rough. Like definitely, communication is always hard, um, but I don't feel like we lose out on a lot. Uh, like you know, in regards to like the table of decisions, quote unquote. Right. Um, yeah. Seaworthy is brought to you by Headway, a product-focused team for hire. Headway helps companies validate ideas, build out products, and grow through experimentation and technical execution. If you have an idea that you're looking to gain traction on, or a current product you're building that needs expertise with product design or development, check us out at headway.io and let's make waves. You've written in length quite a bit on, on your blog and in other places on... Um, managing designers, right, and, and, and helping them level up. We kind of mentioned it earlier, but leveling up to senior level, allowing them to have those opportunities. But um, can you tell us more about your approach to design leadership and yeah. and your team at Shopify? Yeah, sure. Um, so we, uh, I think I wrote about this recently, but we're heavily um, invested into growth. And so our design team, uh, our design leadership team, so there's three of us, we spend a lot of time um, just obsessing about how we can make them better designers. Um, and frankly, the majority of the time is how do we make them better communicators? Because uh, we hire for craft. And mm -hmm. I think that's very true for a lot of companies. Um, you wouldn't let a designer in who had a portfolio that you didn't like right. um, at some level. So really, once you get a designer and hopefully, like I'm sure there's there's always room to grow with craft, but um, they learn that naturally through their projects or they're already senior level or blah, 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 blah. And so it's really all the other stuff you really need to finesse, which is how they communicate with other people, how do they get influence or how do they like create the impact that you want them to see based on their work mm -hmm. um, or how do they facilitate their vision um, a little bit better. Uh, so it's a lot of that stuff. And so our approach to it is, um, I mean, we always tell them, like, we're only as invested as you are. Um, but we do kind of foster this culture of, like, self-improvement. And uh, I think that's true across all of Shopify. Um, 
so we have a lot of, I think it's company culture thing. We have a lot of company talks about getting better at your craft and like, you know, but even stuff like burning out, which is part of being getting better at your craft, I feel. Um, and so we talk about that pretty openly and uh, across the company and within disciplines, we have workshops for them to attend um, if they're interested in any particular uh, subject area. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like your direct lead with like those, the direct lead and direct report, um, spend a considerable amount of time communicating back and forth about what the report wants out of the career and what the lead wants out of the report, right? right. Um, and I think a lot of it is, yeah, just a good, um, a good relationship between those two people. Mm-hmm. Um, so our approach tends to be a little bit hands-off. So, um, uh, like the way I like to look at it is, well, there's like people leadership and then there's technical leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, in Shopify uh, Design Toronto, we tend to, our leads tend to split the line on both. So we're both technical leads and we're people leads as well. Um, so all of us are embedded in at least one project. We're officially named as a, a contributor. Um, mm-hmm. But then we also manage a couple of other designers. Um and you know which project we're embedded on is really dependent on resources and what's needed and stuff right um, and then there's a series of processes and stuff that we set up in order to engage the employees on their own career because it, sometimes it's not it doesn't come naturally to certain people um, there are people that are self-starters and love this sort of stuff love to think about you know structured learning and growth and um they're obsessed with self-improvement and stuff like that. And, but that's a very finite uh, percentage of people. Mm-hmm. I think that's like 2% of people really right. that have that type of personality. Um, and then the rest of them just kind of like hope that they're kind of guided in the right direction. Um, so even though we're embedded uh, on a couple of projects, we tend to be a little bit hands-off in terms of design decisions. So we don't own the vision. We prefer to kind of... Um, see if the crafter or the designer can come up with the vision themselves and guide them through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, my approach is uh, like generally that I guide them from disaster, but I will let them fall and make their own mistakes because right. that's the mm-hmm. only way for them to get back up and learn how to like get through those periods. Um, it wouldn't make any sense for me to, I guess, take the ownership of the decisions and then they don't really learn anything. Um, I feel like a lot of people learn by doing, and part of that is to be less, I guess, of a micromanager and a little bit more of a facilitator. So day-to-day, what we really do is we watch um, and observe and see if there's any communication issues that may come up in the future that they can't foresee because, you know, they haven't been through this before, or if there's any, like, problems that they have that they feel like they're not being supported on. Um, we kind of fill in that gap, whether it means like resources or they just need someone to talk to because they're losing their mind or <laughs> they, they like really need to like practice this conversation, this hard conversation that they have to have with someone else. Um, that's, that's really how we kind of look at it. But uh, I, don't, I don't know if anybody shares that. I'm sure there's elements of that that everybody yeah. kind of has. Yeah, no, no, that's really cool. As you mentioned, you know, different projects and getting embedded in, in stuff. How do you guys split up? You know, you said you have a design team in Toronto. Um, there's a couple others. You know, how do you guys split up? Is it is it focused on, like, user type or user role? Or is it different, you know, is it project by project, really? Or is there any type of, I guess, framework or methodology around how you guys, um, you know, split up design amongst the company on the different initiatives you're working on? Yeah, so company-wide, Shopify has um, project-based teams, um, and you sit with your project team. So uh, we call them pods. So you sit with a team with hope, that's hopefully staffed with a PM, like a project manager, um, uh, <clears throat> a designer, a front-end developer, a back-end developer, data researcher, data analysis, data engineer, um, and user researcher, and content person, and I'm probably missing like one more. Um, if your team is fully staffed. So it could be right. less or more of those roles. It could be like multiple backend engineers, depending on the nature of the project. Um, and so we kind of follow that. So what typically happens is the director of product comes to us and says, hey, we've come up with a new product and we have this roadmap and we need someone to help us with the vision or the design. Um, 
and then we kind of based on what they said so like if it's a vision thing then we'll look at the, our seniors and see hey can they help them out with fleshing out this problem or defining this problem a little bit better and if they say hey we just need someone to like do some user interface stuff or some icons uh, because all the back end's done for whatever reason then it's like hey maybe we can have we can resource like a designer for like five minutes for this project or whatever mm -hmm. um so it's really project-based, but we work pretty closely with uh, the PM team um, to ensure that all the projects have the resources that they need. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, so you mentioned, you know, all of those different moving pieces per project, per pod um, type thing, if, if it's fully staffed. How do you guys manage your workflow and, and um, projects there? Is it Agile, Scrum, Kanban? Is it something else? Is it, you know, your self-baked um, solution <laughs> or anything like that? Um, actually, this is probably a unique thing about Shopify. So every team seems to act like their own startup, <laughs> uh, which is kind of interesting. So if you're a designer moving from one project to the other, you kind of have like a week where you're like, okay, how do you guys do things? Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of leave workflow processes and even tools up to the team themselves. Um, and they kind of use this like democratic process, I guess, to figure out, you know, what the team wants to use or what they, they would use. Um, what would help them go faster. Mm -hmm. There are some teams that are really against all meetings and there's, <laughs> and then there are some teams that love meetings. Like it's just really based on the personalities and who makes up that project. Um, right. As a company, we tend to be agile, but there are definitely projects that are less agile for reasons. Like there are projects that um, can be iterative and are more experimental. Mm -hmm. And there are projects that can't be that way because if we ship it that way, the merchants, it would ruin the merchant's day. Right. So the outcome at the end is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're very cognizant of how we we're very merchant uh, focused. So and this is this is, you know, for good reason. Obviously, if you affect a merchant's day, you could be affecting their cash flow. You could be affecting, you know, any little stress that you add to a merchant will completely derail, mm -hmm. I guess, the trust that they have with Shopify. Um, so they're very, we're very, very careful with projects that could affect their day-to-day -day workflow. So things like um, there's like a product page in the admin where they adjust the details of a product. We're careful in pages like that. Or the orders index where merchants are sitting every day, all day there um, and kind of fulfilling orders and understanding you know where to move inventory, all of that stuff, all of those big logistics um, tasks that merchants do every single day mm -hmm. we are very careful about that stuff and obviously anything to do with money um, we're careful about so those projects it's it's kind of not okay to be as scrappy as right. other projects yeah <laughs> yeah very <laughs> understandable <laughs> yeah you can't be scrappy with other people's money <laughs> yeah well, i mean especially when you get to like storefronts and you know People have ads being driven to things, you know, if a page is down yes. for half an hour, if you have a big merchant, you know, they could hundreds of thousands of dollars in ad spend out the window. Yeah. 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 Our reliability and stability is probably one of our biggest, um, I, I guess, draws. A lot of our merchants really trust us for that. Um, and we just kind of want to keep going with that. We're doing really well. <laughs> so let's yeah. just keep maintaining that. It yeah. seems like a great thing to be known for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so kind of along the same lines there. I mean, how do, how do you guys ensure that the business goals, you know, the user outcomes of um, the designs that you're creating and, and design is uh, design as a team is intermingled so that everyone kind of going back to the vision, but I guess a more granular level of the project, you know, how does everyone stay on the same page to make sure that um, those outcomes are achieved and design is, you know, serving that purpose? Yeah, this is still a work in progress. I think <laughs> every company that's scaling this quickly, is it, this is a whip for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but what generally happens is our director of product um, will kind of define some themes for the, the whole year. And he'll say, you know, really want to go mobile first, really want to do this, really want to do that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and last year he had come up with five. And... Uh, at Shopify, you're given kind of free reign, like how you interpret that theme is, mm -hmm. is up to you. Um, so you can kind of approach our project management team or our project management team comes up with it themselves um, based on the business goals and they'll write out uh, product briefs. So a product brief covers an entire um, area of Shopify that contains 
many different projects. Mm -hmm. um, and an example of that would, uh, let me see, but yeah, channels, sales channels. Duh. So dumb. That's my area. That's my area. <laughs> okay. So the product that we work on is sales channel. So that's um, getting the merchants products all over the internet um, in an easy way. That's a product. And then you would write, or the PM would write a product brief about that. So why does this need to exist? What happens if it doesn't exist? How mm -hmm. does it affect us? Um, and that, you know, all of the normal project briefy stuff. Um, and then that kind of goes around the teams and we all ensure that it's worth, you know, investing all of the resources into it um, based on, you know, some KPIs that we decide on or based on some business goals that we have or et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then from there, that it's broken down into multiple projects. Okay, so like if we were to launch this product, how do we get there and what needs to happen? So those break into the projects and then from there, the PMs work with um, des design leads, like people like me, and the engineering leads to um, vet the project and resource the project. So mm -hmm. if it goes ahead, then, you know, who would be the best person for this, who has the most experience, um, all that stuff. And so the whole company is, tries to be pretty aligned on that project product level. And then from there, as it breaks into project teams, um, then design gets integrated into the individual pod groups. Mm -hmm. um, so the leads, the design leads are generally tasked with understanding the strategic decisions uh, made with the product. And we can push back if we feel like, you know, the product brief is being too prescriptive or right. we haven't defined the problem area properly. Um, but that's not specific to us. Like at any given point in time, a designer, whether or not they're a lead or not, junior, whatever, um, they can go to the PMs and be like, hey, can you point me to the product briefs? And they can feel free to comment on them and say, this, I don't think this is a good idea, blah, 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 blah. Right. Or I think this is a great idea. I'd love to be on this team. Um, so we have a tool internally that we use um, where it's called, uh, it's our get shit done. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to swear, but that's the <laughs> name of it. <laughs> um, it's our get shit done at scale um, process. And so you can go look at all the project uh, product briefs and project briefs and see who's associated with each project, read all of their stuff, look at all of their envisions, mm -hmm. go through all their Slack messages. You can do whatever you want. Um, so to keep everybody transparent, all of that stuff is uh, located in one place. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah, so you can, you know, it's not, it's not perfect. <laughs> and at Shopify, there tends to be a little bit of a chaotic. We always warn new employees. Like the first thing that we warn them is that things are going to be unstable, and things are going to feel chaotic, and you're going to have to be okay with it. <laughs> and I think <laughs> right. there is. A couple of rounds of onboarding, we reward them like you're going to break in about six months. So your timer's on. <laughs> but see you six months later. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have a breakdown of some sorts where you don't have any idea what's going on. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of benefits to that chaos as well. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. So you're on the, the um, what did you call it, the sales channels channels team? Yeah, sales channels, yeah. So is Amazon, that integration, one of those things that you were part of? I remember seeing that come across. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very we cool. have 13 sales channels now. Um, so when I joined, we had just one, obviously, online store. Um, and then we launched Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter. We have that partnership with Amazon. Uh, we have Winello, Ebates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's very exciting to kind of see that growth from one to 13 and uh, now it's like now we're working on turning that idea into a platform um, so what we've done is we offered a bunch of apis to a third-party developer ecosystem and we're going to see if we can kind of encourage them to build sales channels and open up the opportunities for our merchants mm -hmm. um, so yeah yeah i could see that i mean we, we work with companies a while ago, but building things for like Magento, you know, we've built stuff for Shopify as well. <laughs> um, you know, things that are maybe, maybe paid for directly, but then could be contributed back to the platform. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So talking about engineering, um, how closely are design and engineering 
at Shopify? I mean, you mentioned they're they're part of a you know their specific pod once they get there, but I guess overall, um, is that a good good relationship? I mean, you know, people are managing their own their own projects depending on how the pod decides, right? So, how typically what's the what's the handoff like, or what's the collaboration like between design and engineering? Um. It's pretty well, broad, broad question. Yeah, uh, because all the pods are all different. Um, I think, I think it would be awful for me to kind of answer that question because I, I don't really know specifically <laughs> how every pod operates. So engineering and design, uh, either discipline, always seems to have their own roadmap for whatever reason. Like engineering has engineering debt. Yep. Design always has like new things that they want to introduce and all that stuff. Um, so there's always that running in the background. So I think that can get in the way. But we tend to be, I mean, yeah, we tend to be close. I don't know what closely knit really means. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's a, a better situation than where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so the engineers and the designers, you know, if you're resourced to a project, they collaborate on what they're going to launch, whether it's smart to launch that, whether it's reasonable to launch that, you know, in terms of efficiency and time. Yeah. Um, and that's a very open conversation on most of the pods that I've been on. Uh, it's never really like one leading the other. You can definitely have some projects where one does have to lead the other. For example, if you're on an API team, um, it's obvious who leads that team because it's engineering focused. And they right. may need a designer to kind of build the interfaces to help our partners or our merchants. Um, but that tends to be engineering led for good reason. Um, and then there's like, designery projects where the engineering support maybe isn't full-time maybe it's like Mm -hmm. five hours and so the engineer might not be as involved in the decisions or they may not want to be involved in the decisions i mean there's there's a lot to be said for like whether your contribution is worth you know your time i guess right Um, or all all of the time (laughs) having conversations and and in the strategy aspect of it versus just coming in and yep this is what you need perfect yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, you can't turn that on all the time. First of all, it's exhausting. And mm-hmm. second of all, you would have no understanding of, you know, what impact you made um, right. because you're just kind of spreading it everywhere. And, you know, you know, what's that saying where you're like too many balls in the air? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I just said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. There's too many balls in the air. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well, it sounds like a lot of the you know a lot of problems that many startups and other companies see um, is really solved at Shopify by focusing on, like you said, you know, leading design by helping people become better communicators. You know, I think that's the root of a lot of these things where um, these common issues that startups face are communication focused and not really you know process focused or anything. It's does someone really understand that, and if they if they don't, can they communicate and ask the right questions to figure it out? Um, yeah which sounds like you guys are, you know, on the right track to, to cracking that formula. So that, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, are there any tools? You mentioned uh, your get shit done at scale tool that you have. You mentioned <laughs> Slack. <laughs> are there any other tools you use internally that you, you couldn't live without or that you're just, a you know, a huge fan of, um, you know, with such a large team? Yeah. Um, I, I'm in love with GitHub. I I don't know what it is. I think it's just the tagging system is really awesome. Mm-hmm. So having conversations and having them documented there is, and also that new, they kind of like remade Trello inside GitHub. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Tre- Sorry Trello. <laughs> <laughs> right. I thought that was pretty funny when it happened, <laughs> but um, I actually use that so much now. And I, I, I love that it's integrated into GitHub. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the developers use it day to day, but um, as a designer, I also enjoy it uh, just because it just keeps all of our stuff together. And the engineers tend to be less <laughs> open to learning new tools uh, when it comes to design and stuff. So it's just easier to work on the platform that they're working on. Um, sure. And an example of that is Envision. I don't think I know one engineer at Shopify that's like, man, I love opening up this Envision project. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So they're yeah. usually bitching about how to navigate and vision, but if we can all just agree that GitHub is awesome, then that's good with me. <laughs> um, yeah. No, yeah. GitHub is. Yeah, for sure. There's yeah. a there's a new there's a new um, design tool abstract coming out that's like GitHub for design, mm-hmm. which will be interesting. I think there was a company that approached it um, 
probably four or five years ago called Layer Vault that tried what? to create. Um, I think they they actually aren't a thing anymore. They recently sunsetted or like after they launched it. But I think it's interesting, you know, seeing different versions and um, how that what you know is that something that is going to rival Envision? I mean, Envision has boards too for approvals, things like that. But it's curious to see if if you're familiar with that or um, have seen anything. Yeah, I have like doubts in general about these specific design tools, and I question like I feel like design tools are used like are created in a very specific context. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the designer that created it is thinking about, or maybe they're not uh, thinking about company structure. Mm-hmm. And um, when I think about the process of a designer, or why I love GitHub, it's because everyone else is there, mm-hmm. and my developers are there my PM is there. Um, and this idea that I need this other tool to interact with my specific discipline as opposed to my project team right. um, is very bizarre to me. And I actually, when I watch my designers work with each other, because um, we tend to collaborate or give feedback or solicit feedback, whatever it is, um, no one seems to be having a problem. And I don't know, like, like I want to hear someone explain to me very clearly and succinctly what problem they're solving yeah. by creating a design team, like design discipline team specific tool. Um, I want to know what that's about. Like I, I want to know why that right. needs to happen because um, at Shopify we kind of use even like there's some designers here that use Sketch and Photoshop kind of you know haphazardly whatever they want or whatever they prefer and um sure it could uh our product designers tend to use sketch for obvious reasons um we share the same ui kit mm-hmm. but some of them when they're using concept do, doing concept work they are faster in photoshop so they use photoshop or they're faster pen and paper so mm-hmm. that's what they use and for me and the senior designers this is especially true we spend a lot of time, more time in Word documents mm-hmm. and paper documents, doing strategy and wireframes and all that stuff. So, um, and I still don't have a problem explaining what I want to happen to another designer. Yep. Um, the problem is when I'm trying to get someone else that's not a designer to execute on my vision. Right. And so, so then that begs the question to me, like, why did I need? another tool or why did I need to learn another tool? Mm-hmm. Um, so I always have those doubts. I'm not saying that they haven't figured it out, Yeah. Um, but I'm also saying I haven't seen a problem. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard question. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I agree. There's, there's a couple of design tools that are out that are, they seem cool, but I don't know that they fill a void in in where we are right now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Maybe, you know, maybe they'll pivot into something else or they'll, you know, become more apparent that they fill a need. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about Figma. And and sorry, I don't mean to be shit-talking a whole bunch of these design teams, and I'm sure they're doing really great work. Um, But I'm still, I see see the work, and I I really want to encourage that type of tool creation in our design industry. Um, But I have a hard time trying to apply it to my team and trying to ensure that, you know, their, their time is spent wisely and, mm-hmm. you know, sc- scaling a whole team on a new tool takes a lot of time. Oh yeah. And you have to have a very good reason for it. And so when I looked at Figma, I was like, mm, yeah, I'm not really sure. Like, because we're in these pod kind of project things, um, I don't know how many designers would actually need to see another designer execute the visual design in front of their face. Mm-hmm. Collaboration to me typically happens on a strategic level. Right. When you're talking about vision, when you're talking about wireframes, you're talking about like how to do a flow. Um, but on the visual design level, like any designer could do that. This is the reason why junior designers are ramped up on visual design first, because it's the easiest skill set to learn. And mm-hmm. then once you got once you got the UI kit down. Um, well, especially in a team like ours where we have a UI kit that's, you know, yep. standard and blah, 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 blah. We don't reinvent the wheel every single time. Right. Um, well, that's maybe, key too. Yeah. To being efficient it, is, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it makes more sense in an agency 
company structure where you have like an art director and a creative director and you're kind of like free flowing coming up with yeah. ideas. <clears throat> yeah, I want to give it a shot. I don't I don't know, just to see if it spurs anything, you know what I mean? Um but I know that I don't want a client in the same design file as me at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. They'd be making the logo bigger perpetually. Yeah. We need a new <laughs> artboard just for the logo. <laughs> Can you make a page with just the logo? Like, yeah. Uh, sure, we need a splash fun. page that has a logo on it and you can't click anywhere else. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, no, this is yeah, this has been great. Um, just kind of close out what. What advice would you give entrepreneurs or um, startup founders or startup teams that are looking to take their business to the next level with design and scale a design team? Yeah, uh, be careful with your first hire because <laughs> it will set <laughs> the mood for the rest of your design team. So um, your first hire on a design team that is tasked with scaling it must be senior level must be able to manage your people on a people side and not necessarily on the technical side. Mm -hmm. um, because as your business scales, you're going to find that more of the problems I feel are going to be more emotional or more human based than the technical problems. Um, you can always teach technical skills. You can always put your designers into more conferences. You can always hook them up with other designers in the community and make them better crafters. Um, but it's very, very hard to start a design team with poor communicators, low morale, um, unhappy culture, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Focus on people first. <laughs> yeah, people first. Take care of For your people sure. and they'll take care of you. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks a lot, Helen. Um, where where can people find you and stay plugged in to, to what you're doing? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at TranHelen and or you can find me on my.com at TranHelen.com or you can find me uh, on Instagram, TranHelen. I'm <laughs> TranHelen everywhere. TranHelen. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Well, well, thanks again. I appreciate it. Anything else uh, as we as we go out here? Oh, yeah. One more thing. We're always hiring. So if you're super talented, tweet me on uh, Twitter or DM me your portfolio, or even if you're a fad or a back-end engineer or you're a PM and you want to get on the Shopify rocket, um, go ahead and contact me on Twitter. Thanks for listening to Seaworthy. Connect with us and ask questions on Twitter at SeaworthyFM. Make sure you subscribe, and if you enjoyed it, leave a review on iTunes. Sail forth and make waves.